0: hey what's going on guys welcome to the just the west podcast i'm your host just the west and i know it's been a minute it's been a couple weeks since the nfl draft concluded uh i miss you guys yes i hope you guys are staying safe amidst the rona but for those that do keep track of the nfl offseason the nfl schedule has come out recently about last week and as of now Obviously, things are slated to change because of COVID 19, but it looks like we are slated with the official schedule for the NFC West. San Francisco 49ers, Seattle Seahawks, Arizona Cardinals, Los Angeles Rams. And so the schedule is finally out. Um, You have the NFC West obviously playing themselves, but this year they are playing the AFC South and the NFC East. So some really interesting games, whether it's Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, whether it's the Philadelphia Eagles, Uh, you can make a case even for, I don't know, Buffalo Bills, uh, Dallas Cowboys, but a really interesting schedule that we have in 2020. Hopefully there is a 2020. And it's interesting to note uh, the NFL, when they did release the schedule, they noted that, you know, things are subject to change. Um, You know, week one, week two could be postpone for some teams and get stacked later on. I'll be very curious to see how things go, uh, notably since, I don't know, Los Angeles, San Francisco, you know, the state of California is being very much on the conservative side in terms of shelter in place. So, you know, spring training, OTAs, what's really going to happen this offseason? What's going to happen this fall? Uh, it's going to be uncharted territory And I am very curious to see what happens, but nonetheless, I don't know if this is false hope or not, but the NFL draft went according to plan, and the schedule right now, as of right now, is slated to go according to plan. Uh, So let's just go ahead and get started with this pod. Uh, Before I get started with the pod, uh, I wanted to actually talk about some current events within the NFC West because, you know, it is the offseason. Things are kind of slow, but a couple of interesting things happened this week in the second week of May for those that checked out the new threads for the Los Angeles Rams. uh, About a month ago, the Los Angeles Chargers in Carson released their threads, their New Jersey's. They were pretty sick, and then there were you know, they were slowly coming out with the logo and the color scheme and whatnot. But the L.A. Rams, who are slated to open their new stadium in Inglewood at SoFi Stadium, uh, a bit, I don't know if there's going to be attendees in the stadium, like I mentioned, in the state of California for Shelton Place. But, you know, there's a new stadium in place for the Los Angeles Rams, and what they went ahead and did is, on Monday, well, maybe Tuesday, I forget, but they did release the new jerseys for the Los Angeles Rams, and, you know, it, it's a mixed bag. Uh, you guys should really check it out if you haven't already. They went back to, you know, the throwback colors with the, a strong royal blue, a bright yellow, um, you know, it's it's interesting because they have those colors, they maintain you know, that vintage Los Angeles Rams. But at the same time, too, it's interesting. They have uh, their numbers or are, are, it's like a yellow fade to white. Um, you know, I, I got some feedback about these jerseys saying that they, they kind of look like an arena football team. Others really liked it. They think it's fresh. Um, I'm kind of a mixed bag about that. Uh, their other scheme for their colors is, you know, for, for their white jerseys. Uh, For their away jerseys, it's it's interesting to note that they aren't using your typical white. uh, But instead, they're doing like a bone white. So, it's like an off-white color scheme. And, yeah, they released it. Uh, I saw Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald, Robert Woods, Jalen Ramsey break out the new threads. And they seem really excited and and ready to go for the season. And, you know, it's, um, you know, I think... Everything looks okay with it. I know a lot of people are, are really critical, um, especially with the logo. I mean, the LA logo, it's its kind of generic, but the threads themselves, you know, I, I can live with. The only thing that kind of bugs me per se would be the numbers. Like I mentioned before, they have um, like a yellow with their numbers and then it's like a strong yellow that fades to like a, a lighter whitish yellow. Kind of reminds me of FUBU. I, I don't, I don't know. You know, Forest Bias clothing. That that was that was my initial take with the fading colors. But you know, that that's just my thing. Overall, it's one of those things where I, I feel like it's going to be, um, it's going to take a little bit of time for me to to really get used to and and really embrace. But nonetheless, new threads. There's stadium stadium slated to start for 2020, so it means that honestly, the football should be ready to go sooner than later. In other news, uh, a little bit more on a downer side, because literally this happened right before the pot happened, so I might as well just break it to y'all because you're going to hear it anyways, but Seahawks cornerback, former Washington Redskins cornerback, Quinton Dunbar, I saw it on Twitter, Adam Schefter did a lovely tweet in regards to uh, four counts of armed robbery. Yeah, so you had former first round pick cornerback DeAndre Baker, who's currently with the New York Giants. You have Seattle Seahawks Quentin Dunbar. They were collectively together, and I don't know all the details, but a couple months back, uh, apparently there was a party, a barbecue. I don't, I don't know. A- anyways, the, there, there was, there was a, a party and a party setting, and apparently DeAndre Baker, Quentin Dunbar, and a bunch of friends. um arrived at the party with guns and robbed said party members. Uh, They took jewelry, money, cash, whatever, but it has come to to light and there are warrants for both DeAndre Baker's arrest and for Quentin Dunbar's. And for those that uh, had high expectations for the new Seahawk cornerback, yeah, man, that is a a tough blow. (laughs) I mean, just. Uh, you, uh, you just can't make this shit up. The Seahawks had traded a fifth-round pick during the offseason to acquire Quentin Dunbar. And, you know, per pro football fo- focus, he was a highly-rated cornerback when healthy. That's the caveat with him is, uh, you know, he was uh, kind of an up-and-down, up and, up and cumber for the Washington Redskins. But he played really good football when he was on the field. But last year, he had some injuries, uh, some inconsistencies. But, you know... He graded up really well. They gave up a fifth round pick and honestly, he was slated to start opposite of Shaquille Griffin. Okay, so I mean, this is this is huge because the the draft is over, most of free agency is done, and you're pretty much uh, I won't say you're you're pulling teeth right now, but it seems like Trey Flowers is going to probably be your starting cornerback now by default. And Obviously, that's not the way you would like to start your offseason program because OTAs have still yet to come. But, you know, I, I'd like to say that, you know, they have some time to make some arrangements. I mean, there still are some cornerbacks on the market. There's some, some undrafted free agents as well. So it's a tough blow. And, you know, I, I won't say like it's, it's for sure that he's going to be gone, but, You know, uh, the Seahawks at this time, they have no comments. They mentioned that they're going to look into this this investigation with the police. But more so than anything, I can't really expect him to remain on the team. Tough loss for the Seahawks. And yeah, man, uh, I just just think about it. DeAndre Baker, a former first rounder last year and Quinton Dunbar, um, who was really trying to make a name for himself because he wasn't highly touted out of college he really had to earn his way back and yeah they just blew uh, a perfectly good opportunity uh, given I don't know the whole situation but you know from the outside in I mean robbery are, are you kidding me it's uh it's pretty bad especially for these professional athletes that are trying to make a good name for themselves they're slaved to make millions of dollars I mean this is just not good stuff okay so let's go ahead and get started with this pod uh, I wanted to take this pod and you know I read an article uh, about a week ago from the Athletic, and it was kind of cool. It was like a round table for the nFC West and they did this for a couple of other divisions as well, but there's a couple of questions you know question prompts where uh, you know representatives from the nFC West would uh, really answer them and and go around the circle and uh, talk about their teams and so well, motherfucker, I'm just the West, so I can do all four teams. So, let's have at it. All right, let's go ahead and get started. First question. Off season in a word. Just one word. If I'm the San Francisco 49ers, I'd say this is maintenance, okay? Uh, the San Francisco 49ers, they had some tough decisions to make. Uh, they let go of DeForest Buckner, uh, they they couldn't afford him because apparently he wanted 20 mil, so they traded him for a first-round pick. They replaced him with Javon Kinlaw with a 14th overall pick. Um, Emmanuel Sanders went to the Saints, so they traded back into the first round to draft Brandon Ayuk out of Arizona State with the 25th overall pick. And, you know, they maintained Eric Armstead. They re-signed Jimmy Ward. So 11 out of the 12 starters return to this defense, and for the most part, it's relatively the same team, a bit, you know, obviously, losing force Buckner and Emmanuel Sanders is no short task to fill, but I think that the Niners, at least, oh shoot, I can't even, who can forget, Joe Staley retired, so they traded for Trent Williams, former tackle with the Washington Redskins, and so, yeah, Trent Williams, Javon Kinlaw, Brandon Ayuk, they were replacing three... Premier players for this Niners team, three quality contributors that attributed to the Niners Super Bowl run last season. So, yeah, um, you know, is it going to be apples to apples? Probably not. I mean, you're, you're hoping that other ascending players like Debo Samuel, maybe Solomon Thomas, uh, maybe a couple of other players come in the mix and collectively with these rookies, they can maintain their caliber of play. But yeah, that would be this offseason it's maintenance. Not apples to apples, but you know, hopefully close enough. Seattle Seahawks. Trust. Yeah, I know. Uh, trust can be a lot of things, but I think at this point, when you look at general manager John Schneider and what they've done in years past, you just need to trust them. And the reason why I say that is uh, their drafts, you know, I know that some people are a little bit more enthused than others, but, you know, it's it's interesting, and it makes things even more worrisome for the Seahawks now that they obviously, you know, they tried to get a, a starting cornerback opposite of Shaquille Griffin, but like I mentioned before, Quinn Dunbar is probably out. He hasn't even played a snap, and he's probably done as a Seahawk. So you need to trust the process with the Seahawks because, generally speaking, um, they remain a playoff contender uh 2020 yeah still p- probably a playoff contender even though that people like myself can agree to disagree but you know when you look at their off season too, I mean they really need some pass rush and it makes it even more difficult because to Dave and Clowney who they traded for last off season he remains a free agent and it doesn't seem like they're going to resign him so they really needed some pass rushers because Rasheem Green was their leading sack leader last year with five sacks. And so, we know Jadavia and Clowney, they needed some talent. And, you know, they, you know, in the second round, I thought they reached for Darrell Taylor. Some people really like him, but there's that. You have LJ Collier, last year's rookie, who kind of disappointed. But they really haven't done much to address the pass rush. And, you know, they signed Greg Olson, tight end, veteran tight end from the Carolina Panthers. And that's all good and dandy, uh, but it's interesting because they drafted two tight ends in the draft, and they also still have Will Disley, so I don't know. Um, They have a lot of tight ends in this offseason, so I wasn't too sure about that, but you got to trust that as well in the first round. A surprise to some people, but I was kind of thinking about it. Uh, They invested a first-round pick in a linebacker. Now, I know that they have Bobby Wagner and KG Wright, so they're getting a little bit longer in the tooth. Some people felt that that was a luxury because you can argue that that was a big strength for this Seahawks defense. But uh, to get a first-round pick on a linebacker, guess you got to trust the process. They drafted this this one kid out of Texas Tech. His name is Jordan Brooks. Downhill, uh, physical linebacker. But it was interesting to note because I thought that this other linebacker out of LSU, Patrick McQueen, Would have been the better prospect, a bit more ranger in terms of pass coverage. But they decided to go with Jordan Brooks, who, um, you know, some people had him in the first round. Um, Some people had him right around the second. So the Seahawks, once again, they have their draft board. They got their guy. You got to trust that as well. And just all in all, I mean, you know, for this offensive line as well. They signed a bunch of okay linemen um, to compete. They drafted Damian Lewis out of LSU. Yeah, so I mean, all in all, I, I just I think it's it's been an okay off season, but nothing too spectacular um, to really move forward. But maybe that's just that's just the Seahawks way. So you got to trust it. All right, Los Angeles Rams transition. Hear me out, Los Angeles Rams. They they pulled the cord on a lot of their big money decisions that they made a couple of off seasons ago and we're talking about Clay Matthews, we're talking about Todd Gurley, Brandon Cooks, Dante Fowler like they invested a lot of draft capital via trade, they invested a lot of money in terms of re-signing these guys and yeah, it um kind of blew up in their face. They have a lot of you know, I think they realized that, you know, in the big scheme of things if they want to continually compete uh, especially as the cap gets harder and harder with Jared Goff's contract and a couple of other guys like Aaron Donald that they have locked in, as they increase their salaries from a year over a year basis, that yeah, they're going to have to make some adjustments with their roster, with their salary cap, and so they made some really tough decisions. You know, they let Dante Fowler, who they traded um, some draft capital for, they let him walk. He went to the Falcons. They they released Clay Matthews. Eric Weddle retired. Uh, you know obviously Marcus Peters is gone but I think the biggest thing was you know they traded Todd Gurley and it's just one of those situations where you know just a, just a couple seasons ago um, you know he was the premier guy they gave him premier money and you know just the position for running back it's been one of those you know it's it's just tough because running backs do such you know they're, they're such a pivotal part of their team they take a ton on the team like they literally put the team on their back when you when you hand them the rock and, you know, he got a premier contract and it just blew up in their face because he wasn't effective. And there's all these mm-hmm. concerns about his knee and his effectiveness. And so, you know, what he was due in the next couple of seasons, they just uh, they just couldn't justify it. So they cut the cord. They they straight out. Uh, they didn't they couldn't even garner a trade. They had to release him and a lot of dead money. Um they traded Braden Cooks. Uh, that was one of the last things they they did this offseason before the draft. And, you know, honestly, it, it was a pretty good trade because they, they traded Braden Cooks for a second round pick, which I don't know what the hell the Texans are doing, by the way, uh, because Braden Cooks, I mean, the Rams gave up a first rounder for him. He's been dealing with some concussions. He missed a couple games because of that. He's a speedy wide receiver. But, you know, it seems like the Rams uh, wanted to go another direction with him, especially with the money that he was making. So, they found a Cedar and they, they got a second round pick out of it. And, you know, they, they transitioned. So, with this draft capital, with all this dead money that they had to now take on, they did a decent transition. Okay. Now, um, you know, I know that Brandon Cooks is a speedier re- receiver, but they drafted Van Jefferson, uh, more of a slot route runner guy in the second round out of Florida. Interesting transition. And, you know, to transition from Todd Gurley, they got this kid out of Florida State. His name's Cam Akers, and he's going to compete with Daryl Henderson, Malcolm Brown, John Kelly. And so, you know, I, I think that, you know, their their decisions earlier in the off seasons were, you know, they're, they're kind of reeling from it. But I do, uh, you know, I do give them a lot of credits that they, they should pull the plug now, then later, so they can build upon... Jared Goff, Aaron Donald, and continue to compete. I think the interesting thing about this transition, though, is you know they went a lot of three wide receiver in years past, but it seems like I guess you know with Robert Woods and you still have Cooper Cup, they still have Joss Reynolds, but maybe that they're trying to transition to their offense to more two tight end sets because you know they uh, they got rid of Cooks, they have Van Jefferson who technically on the roster they don't really have a speed guy. Uh, So maybe they're doing uh, more route riding, more kind of like the Niners, I guess, more more cross, crossing routes, more yaks uh, with Robert Woods, uh, a good route runner and Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson. And you still have Gerald Everett and you have Tyler Higbee. They also drafted a a tight end in this draft, by the way, too. So I just um, yeah, I mean, you know, did they get better as a team? No, but it was some tough decisions that they had to make, hence the the term transition. Last but not least, Arizona Cardinals. What's the word that comes to mind? Excitement. Yeah, guys, so you have Kyler Murray, and take it for what it is, but, you know... The kid looks super promising, okay? It seems like they made the right decision to go with Kyler Murray over Josh Rosen. And, you know, he's going to come into his own, hopefully, in his sophomore year, this upcoming season for the 2020 season. But not only do you have the improvement of Kyler Murray by theory, but they now paired him with the best wide receiver in the league, arguably, in DeAndre Hopkins. They got rid of David Johnson, a bad contract, and they got one of the best wide receivers in the game in DeAndre Hopkins, paired with Larry Fitzgerald. Christian Kirk and Kenyon Drake at running back. Not only did they do that, but their draft was stellar. Isaiah Simmons, who somehow fell to them at the eighth overall pick, and you know, for some, uh, a lot of draft pundits, they they viewed him as a top five prospect, a chessboard piece in the the light of Derwin James. So you can kind of move him all around the field, whether you put him at linebacker, safety, whatever. But that's really exciting. Um, third round pick, they got Josh Jones. A, you know, arguably, he was a first round prospect tackle. And they needed some help at offensive line. I thought actually with my, just the West Mock draft, that they were going to take a tackle. Uh, you know, Maybe Worfs or uh, Andrew Thomas or, or some, someone along those lines with their top 10 pick. But Simmons came there. Value was there. They fell. They got the best player available. And lo and behold, in the third round, because keep in mind that their second round pick went for DeAndre Hopkins. So their third round pick went to Josh Jones, offensive tackle out of Houston. So if you look at those first three picks alone, Isaiah Simmons, linebacker out of Clemson, and then let's just say you're going to use that second round pick. Let's just say that they got DeAndre Hopkins out of it because, well, they did. And then they got their offensive tackle in the third round. All three of them should contribute um, sooner than later so I think that is a stellar draft offseason wise they really built their front seven defensive line they got Jordan Phillips they got Kevon Denard um, Campbell uh, you know I mean it's coming along it's coming along and so I say for the the Cardinals for the first time in a long while I am excited so excitement is the word for theirs on our Cardinals Next topic, Ooh, let's do the next topic, unfinished business, okay? So let's go back from the top, unfinished business, Niners, okay? Uh, interesting thing about the Niners is, you know, while they did address wide receiver, defensive line, and all that, it's, you know, it's interesting to note, and this is really, you know, when you look at the draft and the offseason, it really represents, for, for all teams for that matter, where they feel they are in their team. And what I mean by that is, you know, the Niners they didn't really address their secondary. You know, Richard Sherman, Akella Witherspoon, uh, you know, k-1 Williams, Takwiski Tart- all of them. So come 2021, um, they're all gonna be free agents. Yeah, they're all gonna be free agents. And they chose to not draft a single defensive back. They didn't really do anything in free agency, so they feel pretty good about their secondary. And, you know, I know a lot of Niner fans were a little bit critical uh, considering the way their season ended in the Super Bowl. Um, so, yeah, unfinished business. I, I find that very interesting how they uh, didn't do anything about that. Seattle Seahawks, unfinished business Their pass rush, notably jadavian Clowney. So are they going to re-sign him? Uh, Are are they not? Are they going to get someone else in free agency? Everson Griffin, maybe, from the Vikings? Are they really set on Daryl Taylor, Um, you know, LD Collier? Uh, I don't know, right? It it seems like right now, that's just not good enough right now. I don't like their pass rush right now. They didn't necessarily... They didn't maintain, if anything, they took a big step back if you lose today on Clowney. So if you're not going to get Clowney, who else are you going to get to really solidify that defensive line? Los Angeles Rams, unfinished business. You know, for them, I am very surprised that they didn't do much for their offensive line. Um, you know, they, they retain Whitworth. They have haven't signed right tackle. Blythe, I mean, yeah bobby evans they pretty much set with his offensive line they didn't do much in free agency they didn't do much in the draft so it feels like they are choosing to develop their offensive line with more continuity they like their guys and they transitioned with a lot of perjury with their uh, other stalwart players in terms of their salary cap And so I guess another thing for unfinished business is they have a couple of deals down the road that they need to pony up. And I'm talking about Jalen Ramsey, the defensive back that they traded a first-round pick and then some for. And, you know, Cooper Cup, he's going to be a free agent next year. So those are two other premier players that uh, I'm hoping that they retain that remains to be seen. Lastly, for unfinished business for the Arizona Cardinals, kind of like the Niners, only worse because, uh, well, the Cardinals weren't good in their secondary. Patrick Peterson, he remains right there. But, you know, Byron Murphy, last year's rookie, uh, he should be a nickelback. He's kind of undersized. Uh, but I don't know what that remains to be seen. You got Robert Alford coming off injured reserve. But they didn't really do much in free agency or the draft for defensive back. So kind of in that similar Setting as the Niners for unfinished business. It's that secondary because, you know what, they took care of their front seven with the defensive line. They took care of their wide receivers, obviously getting DeAndre Hopkins. Um, you know, got some interesting playmakers with Isaiah Simmons, but their secondary remains unfinished. And, you know, considering that, you know, it is a passing league, like, yeah, seriously, um, at least the Niners have, a, oh, I mean, the Niners have Richard Sherman, the Cardinals have Patrick Peterson. But you get what I'm saying. Like, both teams uh, I, I probably would have done something this offseason. Would have done something. Okay, third question. Impact rookie. Impact rookie. So if I'm the Niners, I'd say the impact rookie has to be Javon Kinlaw. I was going to say Brendan Ayuk, uh, obviously trying to replace the production of Emmanuel Sanders. But for this Niners defensive line, that makes the Niners team go. Everything goes from the defensive line. I mean, they've drafted five defensive linemen in the first round. And they are replacing a stalwart player in DeForest Buckner. And so, you know, for him, uh, a lot of Chris Jones comparison as a pass rusher in that one-gap scheme. And so, can he replace... DeForest Buckner, I don't know, as a rookie, but he's going to be given every opportunity because with the 14th overall pick, I mean, that is the sort of player you want to have impacting day one as a rookie. Seattle Seahawks, uh, I would have to say Daryl Taylor and probably even their other rookie uh, pass rusher that they got in the fifth round, which is... Alton Robinson out of Syracuse. Uh, yeah, they're going to have every opportunity to rush the passer because there is no Van Clowney. Daryl Taylor out of Tennessee. Alton Robinson, yeah, they're going to have more so for Taylor since he's a second-round pick, but he should have every opportunity to make an impact because the Seahawks, up to this point, they haven't really done anything else in free agency. Okay, so put it on the kid to rush the passer. Los Angeles Rams, easy one. Cam Akers, because you know why? He's replacing Todd freaking Gurley. I know Todd Gurley wasn't that effective last season, but yeah, uh, this team is, you know, just looking at the tea leaves, yeah, they're trying to be more of a running team. Um, You know, they immediately got a running back in their second round their very first pick in the draft and so yeah no kidding I mean I know that they have Daryl Henderson Malcolm Brown and a couple of other running backs in the mix and they've invested a lot of draft capital but I have a feeling that Cam Akers is going to make an immediate impact for this team Uh, he just has to he just has to and he has ample hands in the passing game kind of like a little little Duke Johnson in him and I think that you're going to be seeing Cam Akers a lot more as a safety blanket for Jared Goff. Uh, who else? Oh, last but not least, uh, those Arizona Cardinals, Arizona Cardinals, and it's it's pretty obvious with this one. I mean, so you know, all the first round picks are pretty obvious. But Isaiah Simmons, linebacker, Clemson, eighth overall pick. You know, pretty much he's supposed to be what Hassan Riddick was not. Okay, uh, Hassan Riddick out of Temple. He was supposed to be linebacker, pass rusher, flexible chess piece as well in the same light as Isaiah Simmons. Uh, he was drafted in the teens, but you know he he's gone back and forth between like pass rusher, weak side linebacker, middle linebacker, what what have you. But it didn't work for for him during his time with the Cardinals. Obviously, he's still with them right now, but it, I don't think they're going to retain him moving forward. And so Isaiah Simmons is hopefully you know. Riddick 2.0. Didn't work the first time around, but maybe the second time around, you finally get your chess piece guy. Your Derwin James, you know. You know. Uh, last last thing to end this podcast. Lingering questions. And I guess that's kind of kind of similar to unfinished business, but let's just say this is more big picture, season outlook, macro stuff, okay? So San Francisco 49ers coming off a really devastating Super Bowl loss where they had the lead by 10 points with six minutes left. I know, ah, it irks you, United fans. I get it. I get it. So will they have the infamous Super Bowl hangover? You know, obviously this offseason they've done moves to try to retain their talent and, and hope to continue to stay motivated. But yeah, the Super Bowl hangover is real. That happened for the Niners There have been only a handful of teams That have come back And go back to the Super Bowl History doesn't Look Favorable for those San Francisco 49ers So can they be the outlier mm-hmm. Lingering question For the Seahawks <sighs> uh, Yeah The Seahawks team mentioned before, I don't always agree with their off-season moves. I don't always agree with their draft picks, but you know, can the Seahawks continue to compete at a high level in the NFC West? The NFC West right now is one of the toughest, if not the toughest division in football. And so you have the Niners, you have the Cardinals who are surging up, the Rams just two years ago made the Super Bowl. Uh, do the Seahawks have the right stuff? Because right now, their defense is is transitioning. Um, you know, I mentioned before, their pass rush isn't there. Uh, they have a, a lot of younger kids on their front seven, their secondary, uh, and a lot of pressure is being put on Russell Wilson. So, uh, you know, I, I, I guess my, my thing is, you know, can we expect another successful postseason run, especially in such a tough division, which is the NFC West? Los Angeles Rams. Uh, lingering question for them is, last year they took a big step Back on their offense, their run game was shit. Their their pass protection, their offensive line was shit, and everything just one thing to the other just slowly went down. Jared Goff, I mean, he's making a shit ton of money. Like, looked really bad. Everyone was pointing the fingers at his contract because, uh, you know, just a couple years ago, excellent play action, excellent with the deep ball, but all that went out the door when everything else, the run game, the offensive line took a step back and I have a feeling that they're going to tinker with the offense a little bit more. I mean, keep in mind as well. Uh, there are their offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator, new, uh, yeah, it's going to be a little bit different from seasons past. And is that a good thing? I don't know. Um, maybe some two tight end sets, some more running game, but we will see with this Rams team come 2020, And last but not least, you know, the lingering question for the Cardinals is, is the hype real? You know, Lamar Jackson in his sophomore year took the MVP award, you know, in just his second year, became the MVP, league MVP. Can we see it in that same light as Kyler Murray? I mean, the pieces are right there. course, the best receiver in the game, DeAndre Hopkins. Good running game with Kenyon Drake. Offensive line is getting better. It's not quite there yet, but it's getting better. But they're a trendy team. Are they trending, are they truly trending, or are they imposter trending like, I don't know, the Cleveland Browns of last year? I'm just saying. Right now, they're the darlings of the offseason, um, but I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing because a lot of times where, well, just because you win the off season doesn't mean you win the regular season. That's all I'm saying, okay? So that's the big lingering question for the Cardinals. But all in all, you know, I'm, I'm really excited for this 2020 season. I hope that things go according to plan, according to plan, according to plan, where we get some football, we get some actual sports. Uh, the last big sports thing was some of C, which was last weekend, which was super dope. Um, last Dance, Michael Jordan, thank you for that. Game of Zones for Bleacher Report, thank you for that. But yeah, honestly, it's been... It's been a minute, man, since we've had uh, something to look forward to. And uh, maybe baseball comes first, maybe football, but I, I don't know. I, I am excited. I'm excited for the schedule. Maybe in future pods, I'll talk about the schedule for for each team. But let's just go ahead and uh, conclude this podcast. So to all my listeners, whether you're checking it out on Spotify or iTunes or Google, Continue to do so. Spread the word. Thank you so much for your time. Also, check me out on Twitter, at JustTheWest, Instagram, at JustTheWest, and of course, the blog, www.JustTheWest.com. Until next time, we out here. Peace.